What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the best hockey podcast in all the land. Ooh. It is on the power play. The on the power play. It's your boy, Matty Fish. And as you can tell by me doing the most powerful introduction, we are out with Mr. Brian Bingaman. Could not join us today, but that's okay. We carry on on this spooktacular Halloween edition <laughs> of On the Power Play. It's, it's unfortunately me. like November 1st when people are hearing this, but yes, this yes. is very spooky. But we are we are recording on October 31st with Ooh. you, my boy, Adam Creighton. Adam, how's your fall going? What's up, buddy? It's going good so far. I'm prepping for freaking Christmas at this point. It comes by quick, man. I'm not ready. Yeah, uh, yeah, you got to be ready because if you're not ready, sooner or later, those sna- those sleigh bells are ringling and ching ching tingling too. <laughs> we're, we're we're talking monster. We're talking monster mash right now. In a couple of weeks, it's gonna be sleigh bells ringling, ring ting tingling too. Oh no, it's all we were asking for. So they right together with you. <laughs> but this is hockey, so we should be singing the hockey song. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. Uh, and the best game you can name is what? The good old hockey game. What episode yes. is this? 141? Oh, it took 141 episodes for us to get to the musical episode. For real, man. I can't believe it. And we're without Mr. Bing, so I'm... That's why this is the musical episode. (laughs) I'm leading the charge on the music, baby. Oh, man. for everyone listening, I hope you had a great, spooktacular Halloween. Halloween is obviously a very festive, very festive holiday. You know, a lot of trick-or-treaters, the kids, the movies, everything. Including hockey, baby. The NHL season keeps rolling along. Yeah, as we start approaching games eight, nine, and ten in the season. You know, we start dabbling our feet. You start get seeing the injuries, and uh, teams start getting an identity. But unfortunately, the way we had to start this podcast off, and we have to. I know yeah. it's a very sad, sad. Sad piece of news, but it's so important, and we just had to we had to lead off because we are a hockey podcast and we love this sport. And when tragedy hits the sport, it hits us hard, and um, it's it hits hard, man. Um, uh, twenty nine year old Adam Johnson, who, as you could probably define him as a true hockey journey journeyman from playing in the minors to finally getting his shot with the Pittsburgh Penguins to going back, I believe going back to the minors and then going to England to play in the English, English hockey league has died from a, a freak hockey accident on the ice. He was cut by a skate in, in the neck and, um, died on the ice and it's just tough because you know like I said we love this sport so much and we we try and promote it to people who love this sport but also people who you know 
casually like it and just like sports. And when you get this uh this piece of news that hits the mainstream and it it just hits so hard because you you never want it to happen. Even to you know you know, you say players you hate like I'm a Flyers fan, I don't hate I hate like Edgkin, Crosby, guys that we've been rivals with, but I wish nothing no harm on them and to have something like this happen to a player and to have him die playing the game he loves. Adam Johnson, 29 years old. May he rest in peace. Yeah, it's, but, uh, it, it yeah. sucks. It, it really sucks. Um, and it's, I, I will say, cause I, I've, there, there is a section of the fandom and we're not going to touch on it because like Bing always says, we're reporters. We only report what's confirmed, what the facts are. Um, we are aware that there is a, a small contingent of people that have a certain position on the incident. Uh, like I said, we're not going to talk about that. Um, there is an investigation. Yeah, I was it's just dramatic. about to say, there is. Police are investigating it. Um, we'll see what comes of it. I know where I stand. Fish knows where he stands. We don't have to get into it. Because um, the fact of the matter is, it fucking sucks that Adam Johnson passed away. Um, it's something that y- you don't see often in the game, but you know it's a risk that's there. Um, Every time they step on the ice, something, something terrible could happen. Um, I am... It, it sounds like it's the wrong word to say, but I am happy in the fact that teams are now looking at and kind of starting to take safety a little bit more seriously. I've heard a few players have looked into and are already starting to wear the neck guards and wrist guards and all that. Um, actually, before we went live um, and you joined the call fish, I was telling Max that the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins have mandated all their players to wear neck and wrist guards. Um, So it's nice to see at least now teams starting to take this so seriously. It it just sucks that it took an incident like this to wake people the fuck up. But it is what it is. Um, I, I, my, my thoughts and condolences go out to the family, but also it goes out to, um, the other player involved in the incident, the, uh, the, I can't remember his name and I don't want to butcher it, but, uh, yeah, and I, I feel for that guy. I can only imagine what's going through his mind right now with everything going on. Um, but more importantly, my, my thoughts and condolences go out to the Johnson family. Um, fish, I know you wanted me to kind of go over now that the, the somber stuff is kind of out of the way. I do want to talk we, a little more about Johnson because I've we, heard, I don't have any personal stories. I don't have any stories that I've seen, but I've heard from all accounts that this guy was the best of people. Um, yeah, we feel like we, we need to do Adam Johnson justice. Yeah. Rather because briefly talking about the incident, you know, Doesn't talking about how sor- sad and sorry we are that this happened. But we need to do justice by talking about his career because he was a hockey player and he would he would rather be known for his 
his statistics and his, you know, his career rather than an incident. What, that yeah, what happened? Took his life. And like um, I said, um, by all accounts, it seems like he was a great guy. Um, I know that he's got a lot of friends that are still playing in the NHL um, and stuff like that. Um, that from all accounts, have said that he was a great human being. Um, but yeah, as far as his career goes, um, undrafted player, which I didn't realize. Love the um, undrafted players, man. I, I, it's funny because I always assume that players are drafted, and it always surprises me when I find out that players... There are some players that, in fact, don't get drafted yeah. and tend to do really well. Uh, Mark Giordano, I think, is one of them. Uh, Mart- Martin St. Louis. St. Louis. Wasn't he, um, Ignilin undrafted, too? Or am I making up history? Which one? Uh, Jerome Ignil- Ignila. Yeah. Maybe. I don't remember. But yeah. I digress. This is about Adam Johnson. Uh, so undrafted yes. players started his hockey career in the USHL, um, bounced from the Indiana Ice and the that's it, Sioux City Musketeers, where he had himself a nice little uh, career amassing over 100 points there and the USHL before he moved into college hockey with uh, the University of Minnesota Duluth. Duluth, um, yes. The Duluth Bulldogs. Notching himself up some uh, some pretty good stats. His last season there with 18 goals, 19 assists for 37 points. Um, ends up cracking into the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton system of the AHL, where he does, again, pretty well for himself. Uh, 31 points his first season, 43 the second. Um, Pittsburgh takes takes a liking to him, brings him up for a six game stint where he doesn't do too much, but he makes his presence known with two assists before going back down to the minors. He did um, score, I believe he's he that was the next season, actually. I was next um, season, next season 2019 2020, where he scored his first NHL goal, um, in a seven game stint with the Penguins. Um, like I said, one goal, one assist for two points. Uh, leaves the NHL for the Swedish Hockey League, uh, the Malmo Redhawks, where he puts up 12 points in 21 games, makes a return to the AHL, doing uh, two seasons with the Ontario Reign for 12 points, and then actually making a stint with the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, for yes. 30 games, and then rounding out, um, unfortunately, his short career um, in the... DEL, the Dell Hockey League. I'm not 100% sure where that is located. I recognize the league, but I couldn't tell you where it's actually. What year did he play for the Phantoms? 21-22. 21-22. So, yeah, he would. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he played with like guys like, like Cam York, I'm, I'm assuming. I would assume, like, yeah. 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 Maybe Forrester. I don't know. Forrester would have been down there at that point. Um, but yeah, so he did that 21-22, moved over to the Dell Hockey League, which is a German league I looked up while we were talking. Um, had a pretty good stint there, 45 games, 22 assists, and then, uh, this season he, he, he was point per game. Seven games, four goals, three assists, seven points. Um, like we said, it, it's a sucky situation, didn't need to happen, unfortunately. Um, we are where we are, and like I said before, our thoughts go out to his family, friends, and everyone that knew him because this one 
seems like it hit a lot harder than most. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, it sucks. And now we're going to have to figure out a way to pivot away from this fish. I don't know if starting off somber was the right move, but at the same time, it, it, it had it to get needed. done. It, it was, was needed. We had to pay respects to Adam Johnson. Yeah. It he, was he, kind of the elephant in the room, not to yes. not to put it that way, but that's kind of like the best way to put it. The hockey world is of. shook, but at the end of the day, the hockey world will learn and move on and hopefully remember Adam Johnson for years on years to come. We certainly remember because, you know, this this is somber, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's the na- national sports news. Like people, he, people hear about this and then, you know, start to ask questions of who Adam Johnson was and all. But as as Adam hinted, you know, we still have a lot to talk about. Moving on into actual NHL news, we have another huge storyline. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes. So, um, Ottawa. Ottawa defenseman Shane Pinto. Forward. Forward. I think he, play, I think he plays center. Forward. Yes, he plays center. Shane Pinto has been suspended 41 games on breaking the NHL's sports gambling policy. And if I'm right, this is the first instance in hot NHL history where a player has been suspended for gambling on, on games. So... Yeah, I believe yes. that is correct. Um, so and... even more, you know, crazy news, especially coming out of Ottawa. They're you know they're hitting with injury bugs, and now losing Shane Pinto. I mean, they didn't even have him. That's the crazy yeah. part, because um, he was sitting unsigned. I think he's yeah. he's still on RFA status, and it, it's a uh, who does it sound like a messy situation? Um, I don't know how much you've actually looked into it, Fish, if at all. A um, little bit. So I listened to – I want to find the actual date so I can do do this justice. But I was listening to the 32 Thoughts podcast. Um, so this would have been four days ago at the time of recording, five days ago when this drops. Um where they kind of went into a little bit of detail about the the Shane Pinto situation. There's not a lot of concrete out there, but I've heard it circled around enough, and I heard it kind of come out of Friedman. So it seems like that this could be about what the situation is. Um, but it sounds by from all accounts, Shane Pinto had a legal betting account doesn't matter with who, we just know that it was a legal betting account where he could bet on things not NHL related, obviously. He doesn't doesn't make sense to do that. Um, right. At some point during the summer, I'm pretty sure, um, this account sent notice to the NHL that there's something weird going on with Shane Pinto's betting habits. Basically, they were noticing an irregularity with how he was betting. So they reached out to the NHL, um, who then the NHL then reached out to the senators. And that's when the investigation seems to have started. It would have been sometime in and around when training camp began. Um, at some point during training camp, um, 
it seemed like Shane Pinto had kind of left. I don't know if that was ever actually reported. I don't remember seeing that report that Shane Pinto left training camp early. Um, I don't know if you remember hearing anything about this fish, but I was hearing he was not, he was in and out of training camp. Okay. So around that point is when it's believed that the senators in the NHL found out that whatever was going on was a lot bigger than they originally thought. Um, it's also believed at that point that's probably when, because the 41 game suspension wasn't the original plan, it sounds like. It sounds like the NHL wanted a heavier punishment. And I'm pretty sure the NHL has gone out on record and said that when something like this or if something like this were to happen, they were going to throw the book at the, the, um, the, the player involved, yes. um, whoever it was. But it sounds like the NHLPA and the NHL and Shane Pinto were all able to kind of negotiate something to make it the 41 games instead of what more than likely probably would have been a full year. An 82-game suspension is what I think the NHL was probably looking at, but you don't don't quote me on that because I don't 100% know. And I don't think right. Friedman even really knew. He just kind of was surmising that. Um, but with all that said... The 41-game suspension is currently active. It's not predicated on the fact of Shane Pinto signing. I know I saw that going around, that the suspension wasn't going to start until he was signed and this, that, the other thing. No. 41-game suspension is currently underway. At the time of recording, the Senators have already played eight games. So now Pinto is about, quick math, what would that be? 40, 39? So... Like yeah. 33 games, I think, away from returning. If my quick quick math... So that's going to come come probably mid to late February. Yeah, more than like... It would be the halfway point of the season, yeah. honestly, is what it would be. Um, but yeah, so that 41-game suspension is currently being served. Um, and the other thing to note is um, there is a rule within the NHL that if I think an RFA or if a player in general isn't signed by December 1st, if they sign a contract after December 1st, they are not eligible to play for the season. That rule does not apply to Shane Pinto. Whatever or however his free agent status is listed um, under the, the current CBA, yeah. if Shane Pinto were to sign after December 1st, he would be able to play. Um, so that's something else to kind of look at. And the belief... There's no confirmation, but this is kind of the thought process, the theory. Um, and again, I've seen this from a few couple other places that I feel a little comfortable talking about it and I guess reporting it. Um, but the belief is that Shane Pinto gave access to somebody he knows to uh, of the, the, the betting account. So he gave access to the betting account to somebody that he knows. And whoever that person was is more than likely the reason why the betting got flagged and the suspension was handed down. Um, there's no telling exactly what it was from what I can tell. I haven't seen anyone say what it the bet was, if it was a bet, whatever it was. But that's kind of where the problem comes in 
because every state, I think every country has different betting laws. So you have to deal right. with whatever the legality problem of that is. And if yeah, that's this person, where the gray area comes in. And if this person decided they wanted to bet on games, NHL games, under Shane Pinto's name, that's where it gets even worse for Pinto because everything's in his name. doesn't matter who's placing the bet. At the end of the day, Pinto's name is on the account. He's the one that's going to get flagged for it. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's a messy situation. Um, like I said, I don't, everything that I just rattled off came off of that 32 thoughts podcast from four or five days ago. So if you want to get it from the source, you can go listen to that podcast and you can hear it for yourself there. But from all accounts, it seems like Shane Pinto is a little lucky that they were able to negotiate down to 41 games because the NHL was looking to throw the book at him. Right, and um, obviously this is uncharted territory for the NHL. We the NHL has not had a situation like this come up ever, um, but it's also tough because you know Shane Pinto was in a contract situation, looking to resign, and so now chances are when his suspension is up and he's gonna be looking for a contract. Chances are he's probably not going to get more than the league minimum, so which is tough because he's you know kind of in the prime of his career. I think the belief was that um, whatever he was asking for during the initial negotiations, um, which the Senators pulled, by the way, before the suspension came down, whatever offer was on the table, they pulled. Um, so that's kind of something to, to keep an eye on, but the belief was pretty much that whatever Pinto was asking for, he's not getting, especially because he's only going to be playing half the season. So whether it's league minimum, like you're saying, or he could sign a deal that's like one times, I'll say two and a half, um, just because he is still a quality player. So he's still probably going to want to get paid. And I'm, I'm, I mean, depending on how the senators feel about the situation, um, Assuming that they're under the impression that this was, I don't want to call it a mistake, but for lack of a better word, like it was a mistake. It wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. Um, It seems like from what I understood, Shane Pinto was very apologetic and owned up to the fact that this happened, um, which will go a long way, I think, in at least the senator's eyes. Um. So that we'll see there. But they also brought up a good point. Um, I think it was 32 thoughts that brought this point up. What his teammates are going to think. Because the Senators are struggling right now. And they could honestly use a Shane Pinto. Big time, Um, yeah. And the fact that this happened and he ended up getting suspended for 41 games. A lot of the players could be like, we needed you and you got yourself suspended. What the fuck, man? Um, right. So I've, it's going to be know, interesting because he has played years with the the Senators, so he he might already have a pretty decent decent relationship with you know the players like Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzel, et cetera, et cetera. He has so played. 
So that might be like kind of a three years, three, three years. seasons. Yeah. Three so seasons, he's played. So. He's played a good, good amount of hockey with the core of that team, including the veterans like Claude Giroux. And yeah, well, he hasn't played with Jacob Tricker yet, so that could be uh, a player who might have something on him. But uh, he has history with his teammates. And so I think that kind of plays a big impact of like the 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 thought in the locker room about the situation Shane Pitt that was in. Yeah, could you imagine? Because there was, I mean, actually, this is a perfect question to ask you because I think it was the Flyers that were in on this deal. Could you imagine was, if yes. they were? Yeah, they traded Shane Pinto before the suspension. Um, that sounds like a real Flyers situation they could but trade for a player that's like all right like we got a pretty good guy, a guy i think we got a steal on him like could be a a piece moving into the future and just like bang hits with gambling suspended 41 41 games that would have been ima- a real that would have been a real disaster for the fire I, I imagine if because it seems like from what i understood actually now that i think back on it the senators, I don't think, were made aware of the investigation until late into it. Um, but I would imagine once they found out, if they rescinded contract offers to Pinto when they found out, I would also imagine that they rescinded any trade talks um, that they might have had. And they said, hey, this is what we're dealing with. We'll get back to you in 41 games. Yes. Um, so... Yeah, it's crazy to think about, and it actually reminds me, if um, you don't have anything else to add to the situation, Fish, I have another senator story that I just thought of that I heard last night. Um, It's a real sad, sad scenario. Just It's also a gray area, because, like, you know, sports gambling is legal in a lot of places, especially mm-hmm. in the United States. I know he's in Canada, so it's a whole different scenario. But also like, you know, the league is sponsored by Unibet, you know, MGM Sportsbook. FanDuel, like, I think. Probably FanDuel as well. Like, sports gambling is just, it's everywhere. So to have a situation where a player is betting on certain types of games, I'm assuming he was betting on hockey games right like he wasn't just he wasn't better on like baseball and like there's no there's no confirmation on what bets were placed the only i I can't even say it i'll I'll call it soft concrete news it's not it hasn't settled yet it's not that hard pavement that you walk on and fall on and scrape your knee this is like you you step on it and you leave a boot print soft kind of concrete evidence um, I shouldn't even say evidence, uh, but reporting I've heard is right. it wasn't necessarily Pinto himself making the bets. It was a third party making the bets under his name. And the belief is that it was hockey related. Um, but I don't know how true that is. Um, like I said, it's very soft concrete news um but i heard it enough that i felt comfortable kind of going against the 
we'll report the facts as we see it. I, I've seen it enough and heard it enough from places, especially from Elliot Friedman, that I, I feel comfortable enough kind of going around that to report right. it. He's um, our Adam Schefter. Yes. It, when when much, he says something, it's th- th- this seems more to likely be, true. Um, and he'll retract it if it's not. So if I hear something or if we see something, we will revisit this and correct whatever needs to be corrected. Um, but like I said, the belief is that it wasn't necessarily Pinto that placed the bets. It was somebody else that had access to his account. Um, so if you think of it like, say, I have a Netflix account and I give Fish my login information and you can watch my Netflix and do whatever you want on my Netflix, it's that same concept, but with betting. So <clears throat> whatever the bet was, it was something that was enough to flag it um the activity and for whoever whatever company the account was under to inform the NHL that there's a problem here um <clears throat> and it sounds like whenever um a, a an athlete joins these betting services the service provider keeps a really close eye on them to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen and doesn't fall right. through the cracks. Um, but that's my understanding of the situation that, like I said again, it wasn't Pinto, it was somebody else that did something that was egregious enough to alert the NHL that there was a problem. Yes. Um, um, as far as your Ottawa story, what it, what is it, buddy? What's your Ottawa story? So I heard last night on our good friends that we don't know, the Steve Tangle podcast, that a possible punishment could come down on the Senators for the Evgeny Dadanov trade situation. If we remember back to last, well, it was last season, right? It was last season, yeah. No, it was two seasons ago because I think that cost the, the, the Golden Knights a playoff run. It didn't cost the trade itself didn't cost them a playoff run, but it, it, it muddied things and they weren't in a playoff spot. But if you don't know what we're talking about, a number one to two seasons ago, the Ottawa Senators and the Vegas Golden Knights attempted a trade involving Evgeny Dadanov. Excuse me. I think it was I think it was a one for one, wasn't it? Dadanov for somebody else? I believe so. Um, but regardless Oh no, I remember now. Ottawa traded Dadanov to Vegas for Nick Haig and a third. Vegas then tried to trade Dadanov to the Anaheim Ducks, but the thing nobody knew about was that Evgeny Dadanov had a no trade clause or a restricted trade clause in his contract that allowed him to block, I think it was like 10 teams um, from, from getting traded to. So he couldn't be traded to 10 teams, and Anaheim was one of those teams. Vegas had no idea about it. Uh, Ottawa says they filed the paperwork, so they should have known about it. Um, and long story short, Dadanov was not traded to the Anaheim Ducks. I believe he was moved somewhere else. Um, or he finished the season with Vegas, one of the two. Um, but yeah, it sounds like, I guess, after a investigation of some sort, it was found out that the Ottawa Senators, in fact, did not file the paperwork properly and did not inform... Vegas of the trade 
So, yeah, um, it sounds like a punishment could be coming down at some point. Um, I don't recall where they heard this news on the Steve Dangle podcast. It was, I got to find the. When it rains, it pours in Ottawa, Lace. When it rains, at it pours. this point, yeah, um, it's not great. Yes. Um, I want to find. So it would have been on the October thirtieth episode of the Steve Dangle podcast, uh, titled "Sleepy Steve." So, uh, episode "Sleepy Steve." You can go listen to that episode, and you'll hear them report on it um i completely forgot it was a story i'd even heard about until we talked about the shane pinto thing and it just kind of triggered my memory of oh shit yeah no this is something that we have to watch out for now too um i don't know what the punishment could be i know we've seen in the past um draft picks get rescinded and i mean if i'm vegas i would probably want my third round pick back because if they acquired Dadanov with the assumption they were able to flip him for something later and they found out they couldn't, that's a bit of a problem. I agree big time. It's, you know, old news that's coming up again. Um, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for it. Uh, who would have thought Vegas actually telling the truth? Who would have thought? Yeah, right? <laughs> um, there was something else I... I, I... Oh, if the the trade never happened too, there's like a snowball butterfly effect of other trades that should not have happened because the Dadanov trade happened. So domino effect, man. It, it's a mess when they break it down on the podcast. It's it's kind of crazy to listen to. I don't have all the trades that they talked about. I know. I think the Shea Weber deal was one of them. Um. I think the Gurionov deal was another one. There, there was one or two that was like, "Oh shit, yeah, no, you're right." If Dadinov hadn't moved the way he moved, a lot of other trades in the league wouldn't have happened the way that they did. Um, so yeah, it's a messy situation, and it's going to be interesting to see what comes of it. But yeah, that was uh that was my impromptu story, Fish. I hope you liked it. I'm glad you told it, buddy. We're going to keep an eye out, and hopefully we get more information soon. But moving on with the pod, um, the Heritage Classic has come and gone. Um, the Battle of Alberta. Outdoor hockey. Outdoor hockey. Um, between Edmonton and Calgary, two struggling teams uh, came and went. The Edmonton Oilers got the W. I'm gonna make sure I get the right score because that's important. You know, want to you don't want to be like, oh, wrong score. I don't want to be like pretty Mike. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me make sure it was five two Oilers. Ooh, five that's, two. That's a big Huge. win. Yes, that's a, that's a much needed win. Yes, with the struggles they've had this season. Both teams have struggled. You look at Evander Kane having. One goal and two assists in the game. Have yourself a night, E. Kane, baby. Um, yeah, he's a good hockey player. He is a really good hockey player. 5-2, as we were talking about in last week's episode, Connor McDavid did play. 
we were thinking, oh, will he be back in time for the Heritage Classic? Well, he forced himself back. Uh, he, I believe, got an assist on the, the third goal. Yeah, secondary assist. Um, both teams struggling out the gate. And, and it kind of, this kind of game kind of, you know, could be a springboard and, you know, climbing yourself out of the, the quicksand. Um, but Edmonton, looking the, their dominant ways, 14 shots in the first, 14 shots in the second, and got out shot 10 to 5 in the third. But at the end of the game, scores what really matters, and that was 5-2, Edmonton. And uh, it was nice to see that McDavid was able to uh, come back from that injury. I know we've talked about the possibility that they might sit him out, and you guys were saying, if McDavid, McDavid's able to go, he's going to play. He's not going to want to sit out. Uh, right. And that's what happened. Uh, what I did find funny, and I don't know if you saw the the videos of it, but the Oilers, when they showed up to the arena for the game, were dressed in oil rig gear. Yes, I saw like that. Yes. I don't know what you what the actual like term is. Um, oil farmers? I don't know what they yeah, called. Oil, oil diggers. Or... There you go. We'll go yeah. with that. I don't know. I, I'm partial to oil farmers. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. Uh, but yeah, they showed up as that. I didn't see. I don't remember what the, the flames rolled up. The in. flames were wearing denim and they were wearing overalls. I oh, is know. that where the, the boots with the skates came from? Maybe. Did you see that I, picture? The I, cowboy I, boots with the skate blades in them? I did. It, it weirded hard. me out. It weirded yeah. me out. But I'm pretty sure Calgary showed up as um, farmers. Want to make sure I get this get this drawn right. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you had the Oilers as the oil farmers, and you had the Flames as the regular farmers. It's just the battle of the farmers on ice. Yes. Fish. Yes. Big old farm battle on ice. <laughs> the biggest farm battle. Yeah, bring out um, your pitchforks and not your torches. Yeah, they showed up as kind of cowboys in overalls and cowboy hats and cowboy boots. Nah, Something like this. That's tough to see, but yeah, I can I can kind of make it out. Yeah, overalls and cowboy boots, and uh, the uh, Oilers showed up in their oil refinery gear. That's and, what, uh, oil refinery. Okay. Yes. So, uh, I'm still calling them right. oil farmers. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, big time fun. Gotta love outdoor games. You got the Winter Classic this year, and then the Stadium Series. Yeah, at MetLife. So more outdoor games coming ahead, and um, can't wait to watch them. My teams are one of them. So, hey, you guys got the the Winter Devil. Classic. No, we got the stadium series. Oh, you, have, you do have the stadium like, series. Okay. Yes. Who's in the, the the Winter Classic? It is Vegas versus Seattle. Right. Oh, that's going to be fun. In Seattle. In oh. Seattle. I low-key, I mean, Seattle's been struggling this season, and we're about to kind of, I think, get into that. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, that's uh, I feel like that could be a fun matchup. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely kind of been hinting at being rivals. So, um, moving into our next topic, we're going to start on the, on the power play at the end of every month, just talking about the standings. I know it's too early in the state to really talk about the standings, but talk about 
There's how a lot of storylines, though. Yeah, there are a ton of storylines. So we want to talk about how teams are rising to the occasion or falling from the pressure. And uh, we want to talk about what has happened and what could lead to what moving forward. So I want to start off because I am so happy to talk about this team and their struggles. The Pittsburgh Penguins look really, really bad. They look really bad. They look slow. They look old. Their situational in-game situation control is not good right now. They just lost to the Ducks last night. So that was October 30th. October 30th. So two days if you're listening to when this podcast drops. To the Ducks. who And they lost on a goal that was scored. And the 14 minute, 14 seconds left of the third period for the Ducks to take a 3-2 lead. And, you know, I'm just I'm amazed because if getting Malkin's gotten off to a good start, really good start, you know, Crosby's doing usual Crosby things, leading the way. But everything else is just hookish. It's terrible, man. It's... They are really struggling. I'm pretty sure, make sure I get my stats right, because when I say something, I'd like to be as honest as I can. They are a minus three. So mm-hmm. they're able to score. They're three and six of the season, minus three. I've played nine games. And I don't know, man. I, I think a coaching change might be on the horizon. I know. Um, you like to say penguins are going to penguin, but the way they play, man, it, it they play slow. Yeah, I don't know what is necessarily going on. I don't know if they're just having a hard time clicking. I don't know if age has finally kind of caught up to them a little bit. Um, I will say, uh, unfortunately, I guess for me as a Sharks fan, Eric Carlson's still doing pretty dang good over there. Um, but with the way the Sharks are playing, I'm also kind of glad. Oh, well, well, I'm about to bring up Mr. Carlson's stats. I I know he's got at least two, maybe three goals. Eric Carlson has two goals, four assists, six points in nine games, and minus one. So he's contributing a lot, but... It hasn't resulted yeah. in pushing the needle for the Penguins, and they've been struggling. And and it's I'm looking at their their lineup on daily faceoff, and there's no real like injuries or anything that egregious. No, I can see. Um, I will say, and I don't know when was this last updated. They updated this October thirtieth. Okay, so this is what they rolled out for that game against. And if I am the coach, I'm playing Riley Smith on the first line with Gensel and Crosby. That might be you know, a good change to what's been going on. I mean, Jake Ketzel came off surgery this offseason, so he might be you know a step behind. But maybe no excuses, man. Uh, it's yeah, it's rough. Um, I still think Penguins are going to Penguin somehow. It's it's going to be a tough battle. I'll give them that. Um, 
but we'll see how th- that goes. Everything else out of the Metro looks about kind of kind of normal you... for the most right. part. I don't see anything like that completely stands out to me. Right. But how are our uh, predictions hanging in there? That's what I want to know. Still too early to be like, ah, standing, standing, standings. But another team I want to point out as being a positive is those Anaheim Ducks. They've added a lot of grit and experience to that team. They added a coach that has a old school mentality. He has laid the hammer down in that locker room, uh, benched Trevor Zegers in the third period and overtime against the Boston Bruins that led to the Anaheim Ducks coming back and winning in overtime. Um, he's laid the hammer down. And for a team that kind of, you can say, has played soft over the past couple years, ever since Zegers has came to town and Troy Terry's kind of taken that step forward, he's uh, been really, they've been really, really hard on the puck, man. And, uh, you know, they beat, they beat my Flyers by a good amount, but they're also... They're also having the benefit of Frank Vetrano. Their second mm-hmm. line right winger is now lone second in a league in score goal scoring right now. The hell? Yeah, Frank Vetrano is no, he's tied with Alex DeBrinket with nine goals. That's... He's tied with Alex DeBrinket for nine goals. Frank Vetrano. and that's uh, crazy. Yeah, they're having players step up, and it's all because they have a coach now that lays the hammer down. And it's uh, kind of a showing that um, all the people who say uh, these quote-unquote hard-head dinosaur head coaches need to get extinct from the NHL, it's kind of uh, a taste of their own medicine because it's working. I mean, it's working with Anaheim Flyers or – heading in the right direction as far as, you know, Tortorella leading them. And, uh, you know, you can't, you can't extinct some dinosaurs. I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's some, true. some dinosaurs learn to adapt and hide true. from the, hide from the meteor that came to extinct them. And uh, the Pacific is, uh, it's a weird looking division right now. I don't know what's going on. Vegas is performing. I almost want to say above expectations. Like, I don't think anyone, like, we know they're a good team. Don't get me wrong there. But I don't think anyone expected them to be 9-0-1 after their first 10. Right. Uh, that's absurd. Vancouver is having a unexpected season, currently sitting second with 11 points in eight games played. Um, Edmonton, like we talked about, they've been struggling. They're sitting bottom third. Um I don't know how the fuck San Jose hasn't won a game yet with the Mackenzie Blackwood play, but hey, uh, it's uh, Celebrini. I think he's the the rookie that's coming in. It's Celebrini tank season. Let's go! It's Give sounding me. like it. They uh, they the lineup that your boy, your San Jose Sharks throw out. It kind of shows that like, hey, they're looking to looking to be a top three draft pick team, bro. They're on minus twenty six goal differential yeah, right now. Yeah, there's no. They goal have scored far. nine goals. 
There's no goal. That's a score. goal a game, Fish. What is happening? It's intentional. That's what's happening. I want to believe that, but I also don't believe that. I feel like they they actually want to succeed, and it's just not going their way. They want to succeed, but when you're producing a goal a game, that is well not enough. Especially well when you got enough. guys like Tomas Hurdle. Um, and that's it. <laughs> that's the only yeah. goal scoring I expect. And I don't think Hurdle scored a goal yet. Um, man, am I sad. Moving on, though, uh, do you want to hit the the Atlantic or do you want to hit the the Central? Well, I just wanted to pick two teams that have kind of shown, surprised me in bad ways and surprised me in good I ways. I got you. So that's what my mindset was. Yeah, you right. want to pick two teams or go about your business however you want? Uh, Well, I'll definitely – I don't know if I even really have – Boston, I think, is a team that – we didn't expect this from. If I had to pick a team that I'm surprised by in a good way, um, Boston, I think, and I can see you're like <laughs> Boston. They, um, they did. They're such a well organization that, like, you could say, like, oh, they're gonna fall off. It's like, oh, we still have Pasternak and McAvoy and Marchand. Like they're they're a great organization, man. I will I, say I'm of the three of us, Brian not being here, I'm the only one that had them in the top. <laughs> Just not, I think I had, I had them in the playoffs. I think I had you them have them as a wild card. card. You yeah. have you and Brian have them fourth. I have them second. And they're currently first in the Atlantic, eight oh and one, seventeen points. Yeah. Um sticking in the Atlantic though, the Detroit Red Wings. Where did this come from? Uh, from the the Yeiser plan, up, the the Yeiser plan, man, and also the fact that you know they got Alex Debrinket, who's a Michigan player. They signed their their captain. You know that was a big question mark for Dylan Larkin last season. Is how is he? What's he going to sign for? Is he going to sign with his team? Yada yada yada. Back out away. So all that plus Debrinket coming in there, kind of fortune and. The guys are playing. They they're building it from the ground up, and uh, it's working. Yeah, it's that's something to see. And the last team I do want to talk about. So I feel I would feel remiss if we did. The Arizona fucking Coyotes. The Yotes are four for four, that's... or I should say four and four, not four four four. Yeah. <laughs> um, what the fuck? Arizona he... woke up. And I'm scared. It, it, Logan Cooley, man, he's a wonderful, wonderful talent. He, he really is. Um, it's a mixture of, you know, no expectations, one. Uh, players that believe in each other, two. And the fact that they kind of have some magic spell when they play on their home ice in a college arena. They beat Chicago eight to one yesterday. Two players had Gordy Howe hat tricks in that game. By the way, yes, I don't. I, if I remember correctly, I don't think that's happened before. No, <laughs> you're correct on that. Yes. What is happening? They what is are, happening? They are proving people wrong, man. The power of proving people wrong can go a long way. I don't know, man. 
I'm scared. The NHL is starting to scare me. Um, how so? Uh, how the Coyotes should not be close to a wild card spot. Not, not? I don't know. It's just it's not natural. It's not natural. Although I, you they know, got what? a lot of good young talent, man. I will say maybe history, uh, not his, uh, the hockey world is balancing itself out because Buffalo, who we said the same thing, they were like the East Coyotes are sitting bottom of the the standings in their division. So maybe right. it's it, it's a a teeter totter of what bad team is going to do well for a season or two before it comes back crashing down to earth. Absolutely. I mean, it's still very early in the season. We aren't even 10% of the way through. So we still got a lot more that's going to happen. But we're not paid. Actually, we're not paid at all. We're not here to talk about <laughs> what's going to happen. We're here to talk about what has happened. True. And so we true, talk, true. we're talking about it, baby. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, before before we wrap up, I did remember one more story. Uh, oh, it's a retirement is. story. Oh yes, Jumbo Joe Thornton announced his retirement over the last couple days. Yes, in the most Jumbo Joe Thornton way of announcing the retirement, shirtless selfie camera. Hey, I'm I'm at in peace. the sun. In, in the, the sun. sun. Yes, legend. By far. If he and Marlo don't go in at the same time, I'll I'll be very upset. Yeah, it would be a big fumble by the NHL and the NFL and yeah, the, the NFL. The, the NFL we're bringing the NFL on this. They... Put them in the the football Hall of Fame. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, but congratulations, Joe Thornton. We loved watching your career, especially our buddy Adam Creighton, our co-host Adam Creighton. Loved watching your career. It was. So much fun to watch a guy like you kind of take the NHL by storm. Great mentor to all the players you played with. I'm low-key looking like Joe Thornton from Wish. <laughs> Man, <so laughs> the Wish if you're not Wish. You're 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 Adam Creighton. You look like Adam Creighton. That's right. Um that's yes. Right. <laughs> but uh if you don't have any other news, I, I think that's you know all about what we covered. Nuts about it. Um, I mean, just real quick, I feel like before we move away from too far from Joe, um, his, his retirement stats, I, I think we, we got to highlight this. Damn. 1,714 games played, wow. most by a first overall pick. 1,539 points, which puts him 12th all time. He's a Hart Trophy winner, a six time NHL All Star, and an Olympic gold medalist. Yet another player that should have a Stanley Cup and unfortunately never could reach that mountain. Um, and then, yeah, Fish, I think he said it best. Uh, congratulations to Jumbo. I uh, hope he enjoys his retirement. I'd love to see him back in uh, the Sharks organization in some form. Honestly, put him behind the bench. Might make him sooner rather than later. Make him the coach. I don't care. Jumbo <laughs> as a coach, could you imagine? They score a goal and he rips the suit off and he's shirtless on the bench, rally tallowing. I can totally imagine it. That's Joe, <laughs> Joe Thornton in a nutshell. That's the Joe Thornton way, and I love it. Uh, but yeah, no, that's it. I think uh, that'll about do it yes. for this episode of On the Power Play. And what a spooktacular episode it was. Happy Halloween, everybody. 
we want to thank you so much for listening to our our hockey podcast because there are the hockey podcasts keep growing and growing and we keep growing in listeners and um we appreciate it. We love you all. We hope we entertain you every time we come on here and speak, speak our minds. If you don't already, give us a follow on our social medias. We are on Instagram and X, formerly known as Twitter, um, at OTPPPod. Still Twitter That's, to me, damn it. Yes, still <laughs> Twitter to basically everyone besides Elon Musk. Um, and I'll repeat, at OTPPPod. P-O-D. Yes. Pod. Um, and if you're on Twitch, follow us at Twitch. You know, yeah. We're about to start playing some NHL. Yeah, I'm getting better at my Chell game, so we'll be bringing that on. I'm actually looking at uh, I'm formulating some people's GM teams. I don't know if I want to go back to Seattle. We tried that already and wasn't as interesting. I'm thinking about Seattle. Could do San Jose. I've been feeling the Islanders. Uh, so keep an eye out. I might throw a poll up in the next couple of days. See what uh what pull the up, fans baby. want, and uh, maybe we'll do like a hybrid of what people's GM used to be, where we do a segment at the end of the pod and uh, live streams. We'll, we'll 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 talk behind the scenes and figure the shit out. But that's twitch.tv slash on the power play. Give it a follow. Watch all the the video on demand, like Bing says, so you can get an idea of what I do, who I am, all that crazy nonsensical shit yes you you know what to do do the thing hit the button do the the thing thing. baby do the thing happy halloween everybody thank you for listening and as our co-host always says we out